this thing is fraud all day long because who signed for the sellers? They're dead. Who signed for yeah, the sellers? I'm, I'm so surprised. How, I'm how not. To, I mean, how As a full-time wholesaler and flipper since 2004 and having done thousands of deals over the past 16 years, I thought I've seen it all, but the experience I just had tops it all. And not only do I feel compelled to expose this wholesaler who is out there deliberately frauding and scamming people so that we as a community can stop people like this, but I feel it's my responsibility to show you what to look for so it doesn't happen to you. There are actually five steps that you can take to make sure you don't fall victim to a fraudulent wholesaler. So get ready to watch me expose a scammer coming up. This video is brought to you by Flipster, the nation's number one real estate software with tools for finding, funding, and flipping houses. Check it out now at getflipster.com. Hey, if you're new here to this channel, I'm Jerry Norton with FlippingMastery.com, and this channel is all about ways to help you make money wholesaling and flipping real estate so you can live your dream life. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the bell notifications so you don't miss new videos. Unfortunately, there's an ugly side of the business, and while it's rare and the exception, there are people in the wholesaling industry who are dishonest and downright fraudulent, and the case study I'll be sharing with you on this video takes the cake. Now, the sad thing is just a few months ago, I went through a different fraudulent experience on a different deal in Phoenix, Arizona with a different scam artist named Randy the Rat Guzman. Now, on that deal, the wholesaler misrepresented and withheld vital information that clearly made it a bad deal. Now, fortunately, at the last minute, I discovered the issue, and fortunately, I did things right regarding my earnest money, and fortunately, I was able to get back my $3,000, but it could have gone down much worse. Now, if you'd like to see that video where I confront Randy the Crook on the phone and expose him, I'll put the link to that video in the description below, and you can watch it later. But today's fraud case study takes on a whole new meaning. Now, I'm going to show you a series of conversations and paperwork and steps I took to protect myself. Now, I don't want this video to just be focused on exposing a scammer. I want to show you five steps to make sure that it never happens to you. Now, recently, one of my finders in the Houston, Texas market brought me a deal that fit my criteria as a good fix and flip deal. Now, the way my finder program works is you go out there, you find good deals in your market, and then you submit those deals to me, and then I step in and buy the properties directly, and I pay you a $10,000 finder fee for each deal. Now, you do need to be a member of my program in order to submit deals. So if that sounds interesting to you, just go to my10kcheck.com to register for a free training to learn all the details. Anyways, one of my finders submitted the deal and I liked the numbers and I wanted to go forward and buy the deal so that I could fix and flip it. Now, normally this would be pretty straightforward. I buy the property from a private seller, I pay my finder a wholesale fee, but on this deal, the finder didn't have the contract directly with the seller. It was brought to him by a wholesaler. Now, I brought a lot of deals from wholesalers, so I know what to do. In fact, as an active cash buyer, I love working with wholesalers because they've done all the work to find a good deal, and as long as their deal fits my criteria, I have no problem whatsoever buying deals from wholesalers. But since there is a wholesaler involved, there is another layer of involvement, and as the cash buyer, I need to make sure some very important things happen, which I'll break down for you on this video, so keep watching. And that brings me to step number one to protect yourself when working with a wholesaler. And that is to find out everyone involved in the transaction. Now, oftentimes wholesalers are vague about all of the parties involved. It's important you know who has the original contract with the seller and if there are any chains in the deal between the seller and you, the end buyer. Now, it's common for wholesalers to market and sell other wholesalers' deals. This is known as a daisy chain. 
Whenever working with a wholesaler, ask them directly if they have the contract with the seller. Take a listen. So you have the contract directly with the seller, is that right? Yes, sir. You have an original contract. We're going to do an assignment from the original contract to me. Is that correct? Yes, sir. For 220 Yes, sir. Okay, so I just need to know there's an original contract and the assignment is for 220 to me. Yes, sir. Now, notice how I didn't mince words. I asked several times if he had the contract and if this was a straight assignment from him, the wholesaler, to me, the end buyer, which he confirmed that he did have the contract and it was an assignment to me. Now, what if that wasn't the case? What if it wasn't his deal and someone else had the contract? That happens all the time, and like I said, it's called a daisy chain. It's when one wholesaler either does a partner or JV with the original wholesaler who actually has the contract with the seller. Now, if that were the case, they would split the wholesale fee. Or another way to structure more than one wholesaler is if wholesaler A assigns it to wholesaler B, and then wholesaler B assigns it to the end cash buyer. That would be a double assignment. Now, doing a deal with multiple wholesalers isn't wrong, nothing wrong with that. That's totally okay, but there is a right way to do it. In fact, I did a video explaining how to correctly partner with another wholesaler and how to use the correct paperwork, and I'll put the link to that video in the description box below for you to watch later. Just promise me you'll watch that video before doing a JV or double assignment deal. The point is with step number one is to find out everyone involved in the transaction so that you know who you're dealing with. Now, I've been around long enough to know that I can't just take what a wholesaler says at face value. Did you know that some wholesalers lie about their involvement in the deal? Shocker. And that brings me to step number two, which is to verify the paper trail. Never ever sign an assignment or any type of contractual agreement without first seeing the paperwork leading back to the seller. Think about it. When a cash buyer agrees and signs an assignment of contract, they are agreeing to accept and adhere to all of the terms of the original contract with the seller. In this case, I told the wholesaler that I needed to see the original contract with the seller, which he was reluctant to do. So red flag number one is when a wholesaler does not wanna show you the original contract with the seller. Now, often wholesalers are reluctant to show the cash buyer the original contract because they don't want the cash buyer to see their contract price with the seller because that exposes how much they're making on the wholesale fee. So for example, if the assignment fee with a cash buyer is $220,000 and the original contract price with the seller is $180,000, the wholesale fee is $40,000. The fear wholesalers have is that the cash buyer will pull out of the deal or want to renegotiate if they see how much the wholesaler is going to make on the deal and if it's too much. But guess what? If you're doing an assignment, then deal with it. You cannot ask a cash buyer to agree to the terms of a contract you are unwilling to let them see. What if I, as the cash buyer, blindly sign an assignment and therefore accept the terms of the original contract with the seller, and the original contract says that the buyer agrees to pay an all-expense-paid trip to Fiji for the seller and his wife? Now, if that were in the original contract, I would have to honor that. So before ever signing an assignment, get a copy of the original contract with the seller and make sure you go through it carefully and understand everything you're agreeing to. On this deal, after a lot of coaxing, I got the wholesaler to send me the original contract. But by this point, I'm not feeling very comfortable. So I asked him directly if there were any issues with this property. Take a listen. Have you had other issues where this property wasn't, would not, has not sold to other local investors? No. We have, lo we have a ton of local investors that's, like, that's interested in the property. 
Now, I wanted to give him an opportunity to disclose any known issues. He said, no issues trying to wholesale this property. There are all these other local investors that are really interested in the deal. Now, you'll see later that he was selling the deal to multiple investors at the same time. But at this point, I didn't know that. But I could sense the wholesaler wasn't being forthcoming with me. And my fraud radar was going off. But the next thing is where I lost all trust in the wholesaler and the deal. And that is step three, which is to make sure the earnest money is handled correctly. Now, as a cash buyer, it's customary to pay a good faith deposit or earnest money on the deal. This is to make sure that the cash buyer is committed to the deal. In fact, the earnest money should be non-refundable and it's common for wholesalers to require $2,500 to $5,000. But let me make something absolutely clear. Non-refundable means that the wholesaler keeps the earnest money if for whatever reason the cash buyer doesn't perform. But it doesn't mean he keeps the earnest money if the seller doesn't perform. Don't forget, performance on a contract involves two people, the cash buyer, but also the seller. So if the seller doesn't perform and it's not the cash buyer's fault that the transaction doesn't close, then the wholesaler is not entitled to keep the cash buyer's earnest money. Reasons the seller might not perform could be uh, he no-shows for the closing or there are liens or judgments or back taxes on the property or maybe issues on title. Wait until you see the mess on this deal. Now, this may sound like common sense that the cash buyer would get back his earnest money if the seller doesn't perform, but you better make sure that that's crystal clear in your paperwork. Usually the original contract with the seller will state that the seller must provide free and clear title and that if he can't, the seller is in breach of the contract and the earnest money would be released back to the buyer. Now this will all come to light once you open escrow and have a title company do a title search. Personally, I will never buy a property without a full warranty deed and title insurance and a title company will not insure a title unless it's free and clear. And I recommend you do the same. To be safe and smart as a cash buyer, I want to make sure the wholesaler is fully aware and agrees in writing in the assignment contract that I get back my earnest money if the seller doesn't perform. With this deal, the wholesaler's assignment said, earnest money is non-refundable under any circumstances, which means if we were to follow the contract and the seller couldn't perform, the wholesaler technically could keep my earnest money because the contract said non-refundable under any circumstances. Now, when I approached the wholesaler, he told me not to worry, title was good, and that he would send me a screenshot that title was clear. Take a listen. Whatever, I can even send you just the screenshot of the title commitment being clear. You know, they'd send you... Well, I'd like to talk to the title. title. I mean, if escrow's open, there's a title close. There's a closing agent. So I'm supposed to trust that title is clear from a screenshot the wholesaler sends me. Now at this point, I demanded to talk to the title company, and by now my fraud alarm bells were ringing loud and clear, but what happened next was the icing on the cake that takes us to step four, which is to pay the earnest money to the title company and never directly to the wholesaler. In this case, the wholesaler wanted a $3,000 non-refundable deposit paid directly to him, the wholesaler. Take a listen. What's the earnest money? How's that being handled? So earnest money is, we usually do 3K. You guys do know that EMD does come to us, not the title. Why is that? That's just because that's just our company policy. Well, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. What if I don't have clear title? Well, I mean, title is definitely clear now. Well, why can't title hold it and then disperse at closing? Well, we put in the contract that earnest money is fully refundable if Title doesn't, title's not clear and the seller doesn't show up. If seller doesn't show up. Right, but that's why, but that's why title holds it in an escrow account. That way they can give it back. 
I mean, I definitely understand where you're coming from, but you know, you have to understand where we're coming from and the, you know, the problems that we've been through. So that's just the way we do business personally. I mean, that's $3,000 that I'm giving you and I don't know you, right? And what if nobody shows and now I got to get my earnest money back from you? That is the way we do business. And typically just with the investors that we use, we don't have a problem. 3000 is a lot to just write a check to somebody. Yeah, definitely. I definitely understand what you're saying, man. So he wanted me to pay him $3,000 directly, and when I confronted him about why title couldn't hold it, he said, that's just our company policy. Now, I hope you see why you should never pay the earnest money to the wholesaler directly. Imagine there's an issue on the seller side, and I have to go back to the wholesaler to get my $3,000 earnest money. Remember the scam deal with Randy the fraudster I mentioned earlier? In that case, I paid the $3,000 earnest money to the title company to hold, and after the fraud situation came to light, title reviewed Randy's position and my position, and immediately gave me back the earnest money. That's why title should hold the earnest money. So the fact that this wholesaler wanted to hold their earnest money directly because it was company policy was enough to scare me away from the deal, but here's where this deal stayed alive and ultimately went south. My finder who brought me the deal really wanted this deal to happen, so he took it upon himself to keep the deal alive and he went ahead and signed the assignment and paid the $3,000 directly to the wholesaler. Now, even after I told him not to, I said to him, do not pay $3,000 to that wholesaler. This deal is a scam and you're gonna regret it. But he did it anyways, and I told him to call me once title comes back, and sure enough, title came back and get this, the owners of record are deceased, there are judgments against the property, and there is a memorandum of affidavit filed against the property from another buyer, which means our wholesaler was doing the same thing to at least one other buyer. So wait a minute. I think I recall our wholesaler telling us a few times that title was clear. Title is definitely clear now. I can even send you just the screenshot of the title commitment being clear. Now, talk about a scam. I decided to get on the phone with the title agent and my finder to discuss what was discovered on title. Take a listen. So this thing's a mess. Yeah, it really is, to be honest. So they're deceased, the sellers? The sellers are deceased. Well, who signed for the seller on the contract? That was going to be my question. Okay, but so that's number one, which is fraud, probably. Gave authority to okay, on number on of the seller. right. Number two is there's a judgment for that would need paid in order to close to get title insurance, correct? Correct. And that yep. looks like it's about what thirteen, fourteen thousand. Uh, give or take. Yeah. Okay. The third major issue is the affidavit. So I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that your guy yep. also signed another contract with somebody else, collected earnest money from them they were smart enough to put an affidavit on the property. There's another buyer that put an aff- that, no, that scammed. Yeah. that filed an affidavit. Is that correct, Emmanuel? Okay. Yeah, because I mean, there is a memorandum that shows it's from, from Hacker. And that was recent. That was April. I mean, that just yeah, happened. We just recently opened this up that like last week. So. Yeah. So let me recap what just happened. DeWitt Marshall, local Houston wholesaler, fraudulently signed a contract on a property with judgments where the owners are deceased then collected a $3,000 earnest money from my finder, and since there is an affidavit of memorandum on the property, that means DeWitt, the con man, also signed another contract with a different buyer at the same time, who I'm guessing also paid a non-refundable earnest money deposit to DeWitt, because after all, 
its company policy, and I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess that DeWitt probably collected several earnest money deposits. And by the way, step five is to always file an affidavit of memorandum. This is a simple document that you provide to the title that is recorded against the property that protects your interest in the property and it prevents you getting cut out of the deal. The fact that another buyer recorded an affidavit of memorandum means that DeWitt, the con artist, contracted with another buyer at the same time as my finder. Now, if you'd like a copy of my affidavit and memorandum for free, just leave a comment and say, Jerry, you are a flipping genius. Please share with me your free affidavit and I'll send you a download link. Now, it's been a few days since this happened. My finder poor guy told me today that DeWitt won't return his calls. You think? Lesson learned the hard way. And so, this is why you don't pay the wholesaler earnest money because Rav, yeah, you paid that guy yeah. three grand. He, he probably collected three grand from, I mean, this thing, First of all, yeah. there's no way this property's closing with a mess. I mean, yeah. this thing is fraud all day long because who signed for the sellers? They're dead. Who signed for yeah, the sellers? I'm, I'm so surprised. How, I'm how not. To, I mean, how so to avoid being scammed by a shady wholesaler like DeWitt Marshall, number one, always find out all of the parties involved. Two, make sure you see the paper trail back to the seller. Three, make sure that the earnest money is handled correctly by clarifying in the paperwork that the earnest money is returned if the seller doesn't perform. Four, never give the earnest money directly to the wholesaler, only to title. And five, always file an affidavit to protect your interest in the deal. And if you're in the Houston market, do your local wholesaling community a favor as well as the wholesaling industry at large and blacklist DeWitt Marshall so others don't fall victim to his scams. Now, the number one way that fraud happens is with earnest money, so it's important you always protect your earnest money. Be sure to watch this next video where I share four ways to protect your earnest money. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to my channel. With over 500 videos, this is your number one resource for all things wholesaling and flipping. Do that now, and I'll see you on the next video.